Today is June 2nd. May days are finally over. And what better way to end a terrible month than to win the final series of the month on the final day of the month. The recipe changed. Let's break it down. It's the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Yins guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. My name is Josh and I am joined as always by my brother Jake. What's up, Jake? Just got that sneeze out, hit the mute button just in time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hey man, it's going good down here. Let me tell you what, the parents are in town. It's it's good to have them down here, see where I'm getting to roam down here and been a good visit so far. We got a couple days left. They're heading home on Saturday. Get to go tour a swamp tomorrow or today if you're listening to this on Friday. Oh, well, they're not fun. listening on Thursday, so. Right, right. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Just throw yeah, it in there. Go, yeah. Get to go tour a bayou, some swamp in the bayou. That's pretty cool. I've been waiting to. I've been wanting to do this. I haven't got a chance to do it yet. Now they're down here. We, we're, we're making the time to get over there and do that. That's awesome. We got a little uh, lunchtime recording today mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on Thursday. So I like the I like the Thursday day offs days off for the Pirates. I like those. Yeah, gives us a nice. little bit of flexibility too. Mm-hmm. So we can make it make it work out. Um, hey, we won a series. Yeah, finally. We won a series in May, and we did exactly yeah. what we suggested. Yesterday you said it's time to change, or Monday, you said it's time to change the recipe. Mm-hmm. Well, they decided to <laughs> lose the first game, and that way they could win the next two. <laughs> so I like the strategy. I'd rather win all three, but I guess, you know, beggars can't be choosers. Sure. So I guess that's, you know, as good as it's going to get. Um, uh, we'll preview the weekend series here in a little bit. Um Basically, what we're going to do is just kind of talk about the series a little bit, uh, some of the things that that happened, maybe, you know, shed some light on how we won or how we've been losing. And that's where I want to start off now is 8 and 18 in May. Obviously, we did not, well, we lost our first six games in May, seven games in May. And, you know, then you're just like winning a game every series. And, you know, not getting a series win until the final series of the month. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not necessarily the recipe after coming out of a 19 and 9 April, 20 and 9 if you're considering the one game in March, which I do. I I usually just, I know it's not technically in April, um, so you can't really, you know, but like every site you go to, it's like, here's their March, April stats. Here's their May stats. Yeah. It, it's always combined. And most of the yeah. time they combine September, October as well because you typically only have like one to three games in October. Right. So same sort of thing. So, but for the sake of this, 19 and 9 in April, they scored 151 runs in April and gave up 104. The 104 changed to 123, which is a really... It's not a lot when you think of it that way, except for the fact that, you know what, is that April? Let me make sure. Um, 
let me make sure that this April, these numbers that I have aren't March, April, because that does throw an extra game in there as well. Uh, let's see here. I don't see where I saw that. So that's a beautiful thing. This is a great start to things here. I don't see where I saw that. So it was somewhere um, where I was looking at the splits of of the team and, and how they did. It had to be baseball reference. Schedule and results. Here we are. No, there was actually a March. So there was a March and then there was an April. So the 151 was the 19 and 9. Um, 151. It's two more games. And yes. we dropped all the way to 76 runs. And uh, we were not going to get those runs in the next two games. You're talking no. about doubling our run total. Yeah, about, we've been you scuffling know I mean? at the plate big time. And that's really been the story. The 123 um, is not as good, obviously, as the 104 on the pitching side. And the fact that 104 happened in two less games. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... You're yeah, still. We were, on a, we were on a run there too. Like one twenty three still isn't terrible, right? It really isn't all that bad, um, in comparison when you think of yeah, the run that we were on in in yeah. April. So, it's really just the it's really scoring runs. That's been the biggest thing. Um, that's that's where all of this lays. I think. I think it's offensive for sure. You can get by with the one twenty three. Yeah. Uh, even if even if you know even if you only win three series out of the month mm -hmm. if just by scoring runs you're going to be better than that and we're still probably in first place if that's the case if we yeah. scored even 120 runs we're probably still in first place sure I depending agree on that. what you know what games they were in and and things like that obviously yeah um okay so that's basically that's basically the the gist of it. It's offensive. It's uh, there's a little bit of pitching involved there. I think some of the consistency. I think um, Velasquez being hurt certainly didn't help. Uh, yeah, it's been some some things like that. So either way, we are still one game over 500, and we're st <laughs> still just a game out of the division, right? A game or a game and a half? I think it's a half a game. Is it only a yeah. half? It is a full game. Full game. Yeah. Half a game out of the wild card. Wild card. That's what I was seeing earlier. So, I mean, you're looking at a team who, if we hover around 500, you have a chance to win this division as bad as it's been. St. Louis was surging, and now they're back to about 5-5 five and five in their last 10. They're, they're kind of, you know, sitting in that in that place. Now Cincinnati's won five straight, so they've jumped back over St. Louis and they're not done yet. When Ellie De La Cruz comes up. Yeah. Sure. They're going to have some decisions. Oh, I don't know what you're going to do. Maybe you're going to trade Jonathan India. Uh, I would advise against that. If I was a Cincinnati <laughs> Reds fan, he might not have the numbers, but like he's already a leader and I'm sure bell wants him out. <laughs> he's too good. Yeah. No. It would make too much sense to keep him. Well, it's, you know what I mean? It's just a thing that, like, I know some Reds fans are like, well, I don't know. I, I said, man, De La Cruz is coming up, too. I don't know where they're going to put him. I'm like, you're not going to avoid moving up a guy like him. I mean, this right. is basically a switch-hitting O'Neal Cruz playing shortstop, okay? 
Like yeah. he's he's doing the same sort of things at the plate that O'Neill Cruz was doing, except he's a switch hitter and he also has the the hardest batted ball from both sides of the plate of anybody this year. I mean, it's <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. And it kind of ticks you off at the same time because it's your it's like, you know, every time you start to feel like you got something going, you'd like for the rest of the division to take a hit. And that's what it right. looks like. You know, right. St. Louis was St. Louis. They were who they were when we were a good team. Had they mm-hmm. just been in this mode, we would have won three division titles that that you know those three years. Now the Cubs were pretty much on the same path, like trajectory as the Cubs, unless they do something different. As far as like, they've got the money to spend; they can get good very quickly. Yeah, and you know, but the Reds, it feels like we're gonna be doing this at the same time, and they've got some. That McLean dude is really good. And they even have a couple more on the way. So they've got some good young talent coming up as well. It's kind of interesting to see a much better approach than going out and signing Castellanos and Moustakis and, you know what I mean, doing that whole deal that they were doing there for a minute. But anyway. Yeah. Little rabbit trail there about the division. Um, I think Milwaukee's actually trending down. For sure, they're gonna have to trade some of that pitching because it's coming up to contracts, and yeah, uh, you know what I mean. And as of right now, the Cubs—I mean, only the Rockies are worse. Oh no, the Nationals are worse too. So, a couple teams. Okay, which we see those two being at the very bottom all year. What's killing me is San Diego is still twenty-five and thirty and just can't figure it out. Yeah, you cannot buy wins, folks. You can't do it. You can't. Spend all the money you want. It doesn't matter. It comes down to getting the right players and getting the right chemistry. They got the right players. Yeah. But they're certainly not getting the chemistry piece of it down. Uh, We've scored 20 more runs than them, I think. So it's it's not even that they're just like, well, their pitching's bad. Oh, it's not even that. Like, they're... Yeah. They're they're not they're, they're not like this overpowering offense either. Sure, and they're not they're just they're not a cohesive unit. They're all. not. No, it's sometimes there's there's there is uh too much of a good thing is just too much. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's it. I think you can do that and win. And I'm not sure that like people are not getting along. Of course, right. being 5 games under 500, they're going to stop or they're going to start not getting along eventually if they can't <laughs> right the ship, but it's just right. the idea that like they went into this thing saying it's in the bag, mm-hmm. and it's not in the bag. You, you still have to that. play the games, yeah. And that's why Pittsburgh and and teams like Pittsburgh feel like at the beginning of the year they feel like we have a chance if we play to the best of our ability, and that's yeah. usually true. I would say some of the rosters that we've put out here is not that's not true about even the best of those players wasn't going to get you a lot of wins. I think this team. Though I think if if every which let's let's be let's be clear we're one game over five hundred and everybody's not playing their best, right? You know what I'm saying? They're they're just absolutely right. not saying that everybody was playing their best would mean that Hedges would be close to a two hundred batting average. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which would be Cruz his would be best. O'Neill Cruz would be healthy and playing well. Uh, Castro and Bay wouldn't have the the situations that they've had this year on the ups and the downs, right? Um, yeah. Key Brian Hayes, those hits would have been falling, and then he would have been able to ride that momentum a little bit. Mm-hmm. Reynolds mm-hmm. wouldn't have went a month without a home run. 
You know what I'm saying? Like Choi wouldn't yeah. have been injured. Yeah. Uh, Santana's only got what a, a handful of home runs, maybe. What is it? Two or three? I feel like. Yeah, uh, I think it's three. I have the whole thing pulled up, and I could have just looked at it, but he has the same amount of home runs as Tucapita Marcano. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, where is he at here? Carlos Santana has three home runs. Austin Hedges hitting 159. That's actually probably better than I thought he was. Um, but still, it, it's the idea that like these guys would be uh, would be performing better, and they're not. So. If they all played to their best. Now, some could argue that maybe this is the best for some of these guys. I tend to not believe that. Um, but I, I think there's still a couple. Like I said, Hedges. I moved him from a 159 to a 200. Or I said close. Yeah. So like a 195. Right. Like I didn't move him that much. And I still don't think that it's you know all that good. The biggest one for me, I think, the the biggest X factor is... The way that second base has shake, shaken out, I felt like one of those three guys, which Marcano has been playing very well lately, but one of those three guys had, if they were playing their best, they would kind of take that position. Um, they're, yeah. they're just, they haven't been playing their best. The Bay was chasing a bunch of stuff. He's certainly not doing everything on the bases that he can. Um, I would say Connor Joe, on the other hand, is a good example of that's Connor Joe playing his best. He has been yeah. the epitome of that. I think Andrew McCutcheon, for the most part, I think that's about what you can expect from Andrew McCutcheon. Mm-hmm. I think he's been at his um, at what we think is probably his best is what we're seeing right now. Yeah. Um, at this point in his career. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's uh, that's what I mean. Like right. for all these guys at this point in their career, if they're if they were if they were doing as as well as they could. Which means, mm-hmm. like, if they are hitting their ceiling, which never happens ever for everybody, right? I but, mean, McCutcheon, he's he's at what, like, eight home runs already. He's got eight home runs, yeah, 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 I mean, and he's he's, he, he's got a good shot to hit twenty home runs this year. When's the last time he's gotten to twenty? Um, I feel like it hasn't he didn't been. hit twenty last year. I don't think he hit like seventeen or something like that. Yeah, that year. sounds right. Yeah, seventeen. But the year before that in Philly, he had twenty-seven. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I was like, I thought he had a big year in his last year in Philly. Yeah. He, because he was hurt the other, you know what I mean? He was hurt. Yeah. During, uh, well, no, just during 2021, right? Mm -hmm. During 2019, he got hurt, came back in 2020, played that season, but that was only a, you know, 60 game season. So he played 57 games, had 10 home runs. Um, so yeah. I mean, full season, though, he's, other than last year, he's hit 20 home runs for ever since he hit 20 home runs. Okay. So, you know, you can pretty much on my part. (laughs) No, it's fine. It's just that, you know, when you think about that, I mean, he did have 17 last year and then you have the two years because you have the injury year, the first year he was in Philly. And then you have the, um, the shortened season where he hit 10 home runs each year. But even the year that he split between San Francisco and New York, he hit an even 20. And obviously, every year he played in Pittsburgh, but his first two, which his first one was only 100 games, uh, he hit more than 20 homers. Yeah. So I mean, I really I think with the, with him coming back, I you know you you kind of assume uh, if he's on the field, which right I mean though, as much as they're DHing him, he should be on he should be playing. Yeah. I like that. I, I th- I've seen some people say, well, let's maybe get get Santana in there and put Cutchin right. I'd like to see that too, but there's also a part of me that says, you know what? I just want Kutch all year. 
And I think he's the most important player in that lineup when you're talking about yeah. him versus Santana, DH versus, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm all about and him staying that. there. I'm all about him staying at DH so that he can so that he can continue to be in that lineup. Yeah. I felt early on he was getting a decent amount of playing time in right field. And I, and he was, I mean, everybody was hot though, but I, I think he, I think he enjoys playing the field. And I, I don't, I don't, I would feel comfortable running him out to right field once a week. What has he gotten here? If we go, I'm to not the, asking. I, I, I'm kind of in that boat where I want to see him play the field a little bit more than what he had been, but I, I'm, I'm not all the way on board because I'm like, dude, give him once a week, man. <laughs> it looks like he's played. Eight times in right field. Yeah, and probably started seven games in right field. Yeah. yeah, and I'd probably say five of those were early on because he hasn't he hadn't played right field in a month till they, like recently when he played right field a couple games in a row. Yeah. So there you go. All right. So uh, who's next on the on the old? I mean, kind of, you know, kind of the point right now, just to kind of follow along here is we're just, we're at the end of two months, mm-hmm. you know, so we're, we're, we're kind of going to take a look at maybe a couple guys. Let's stay on the offensive side. Uh, Brian Reynolds, if you just want to, you know, take a look at where he's at right now, it's, it's kind of hard to be upset. He's sitting 282, 333. Right. Um, he's got the seven homers. Now those were a ton right away and then not for a while. But if you would tell me seven homers at this point, I'd be like, that's a little low, but uh, I could see that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Eight steals. And then, you know, just kind of looking at a few things here, like 17.8% strikeout rate. That feels about right. He's keeping the strikeouts down. He's not striking out a ton. So I I think that's a good thing. Uh, Right. So his weighted runs created plus right now sitting at 120. Uh, I, I think it goes up for sure. I think it goes up, but you can't. Well, that's a good hitter. Right. It's a good hitter. Um, I saw an interesting. I saw an interesting tweet. I'm gonna. I want to jump to Jack Jack real quick. Yeah, let's go. Because I saw something interesting on. I think it was Twitter, and I forget who said it. But somebody's like, I just want to throw it out there that if Jack Jack played for Miami. Pirate fans would be like, why can't we get somebody with that kind of power in Pittsburgh? Mm. But a lot of Pirate fans are like, dude, strikes out, set him down, like all this stuff. And it's like, my guy just put one in McCovey Cove, first opposing player this year, this season. I mean, he's not the first, obviously not the first opposing player to do it, but first one this season. And he goes, I'll just, I'll throw two out there. Which is the first player, which is the only player other than Barry Bonds to hit two balls into the bay in the same game. That's interesting. But that's, to me, it's like, that's Jack. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because he, how, I mean, there was another statistic about how many, uh, how many multi-homer games he has already. Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, and a lot isn't a lot, right? When you think about it, but like, right. It's pretty impressive. And we know this about Jack. He's very streaky. It it goes Mm -hmm. both ways a lot of times. You know what I mean? He can be streaky bad. He can be streaky good. And I don't know, man. The the question with Jack is, you know, for a lot of fans right now, 
what are we what are we getting? Is this is this as good as it gets? Do we like the streaky? I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you, like maybe not as often, but like Josh Bell was very streaky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was yeah, more yeah. of like a long-term streaky. Or if you remember 2019, yeah. he hits like 20 some homers before the All Star break. He ends with 37 because he was terrible in the second half, and yeah. it w- and it's just because he can't find a way out. Yeah, where I feel like Sawinski never changes his approach. He never lets it kind of get in the way. He's bad, and that strikeout percentage goes up and down and up and down right now it's sitting at 33 and a half and that's high mm-hmm. and we know that he swings a lot but his walk rates at 14 and a half which is good yeah it's best my, on the team knows, i mean he knows the strike zone but sometimes i sometimes i feel like he knows it too well and there's borderline pitches with two strikes sometimes you just gotta you gotta try to get something on that ball i get do, that like uh, a lot of times he gets caught looking. He gets caught looking with those pitches that are like an inch outside, and he's like, "Ah, it's a ball." I mean, like we're the, those guys that with the masks on behind you. They're humans, and that's close. Like you're gonna get rung up on it sometimes, and they're gonna call it a ball sometimes. Two strikes. You got to as a hitter, you have to expand your strike zone a little bit because if it's close, he's he might call it. You got to try to, and I know the old, bow it off if you don't like it. I mean, <laughs> try, yeah. you got to try to put the bat on the ball and hopefully it goes foul because you know you're not going to hit it well. I mean, you're not lit. No one ever walks up to the plane. So I'm going to foul this pitch off. <laughs> like, Yeah, I mean, no. I, I feel like they do, but it's not like it's always going to work out that way. Right. Um, especially when they're throwing, you know, 99. Right. An inch off right. the black. But, I think for him, though, it's less about watching that pitch that gets called a strike. He's swinging and missing is most of his problem. Yeah. And not only that, but even like his strikeout last night was just right down the middle. And I think it's just the idea of like, well, that lefty threw me back-to-back sliders that started in that same place, and I looked like a fool swinging at him outside. And then he threw the fastball that could have been the same exact pitch. And just kind of locked him up. You get beat a lot like that in, yeah, yeah. in in major leagues. And it kind of looks like it, you know, I mean, I'm guilty of it too. Take the bat off your shoulder kind of a thing. But, you know, when you're when you're fighting to to hit against somebody that maybe you don't see well against, a lot of times it is a, a little bit of a guessing game. I think sure. for Jack, I still think that he's so patient that I think he just makes up his mind late to swing. And I think that's where a lot of his swing and misses come is that he's so willing to take pitches that his decision-making is late. Like you have to go in aggressive. That's fair. If, if you have a, 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 a chase rate that's that low, it does make me feel like you're probably a little like you, you probably struggle with being aggressive because if you were yeah. an aggressive hitter, you would chase now I'm not saying like chase ridiculous pitches and you wouldn't chase all the time, but I think there needs to be some time where you could bring that chase rate down just a little. If <laughs> or the, the I'm sorry, you could make technically it's the percentage. You you bring it up a little 
just by yeah. being aggressive and attacking some pitches. And sometimes you get bit on that where it's it's a splitter or something that drops out of the zone and you were swinging at the fastball and yeah. it, it, it fell off the table and ended up out of the zone, right? So you get a, a knock because you technically chased. And so I think he could he could he could afford to to give a little bit of that. He could chase yeah. a few. Uh, I would yeah. I would accept that. However, it is very hard to argue with results when you look at things like weighted runs created plus and OPS plus. Jack Swinsky is the Pirates' best hitter. He's the top dog when it comes to that category. Um, I believe he's the top dog in slugging. He is. His on base percentage is is close. You know, middle. I don't count Palacios quite yet, but or really Matthias and Cruz. There's just not enough body of work there. So you're you, he's up there with Castro and McCutcheon when it comes to uh, on base percentage. And I mean, when you start looking at, yeah, I lost it there. Even his average is two forty right now. And if you're an if you're an I, I, average is important. It's not the thing that they measure players by anymore, right? We're looking yeah. at OPS really in general. Let's give me your on mm -hmm. base, your slugging, in general. What is your OPS? What are we looking at? Um, for Jack, for 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 two forty average. If you're if you're an old head, it, which I don't say that to be negative, like we are sometimes. You and I both are old heads when it comes yeah. to this kind of stuff. We like to see those batting averages. I still like a batting average, but I think my expectations have changed, and it's subjective, right? When I see 240, I'm like, okay, what's the rest of them? Uh, I see that number. I'm not sold on that number until I see the rest. And as soon as I see 352 on base, I'm like, all right, I'm fine with 240. Because you're still able to get on with that 240 average. You're still getting on base. If I see 240 and then a 301 on base, then I'm like, the 240 sucks. <laughs> if you're yeah. not going to walk, you got to get some hits. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't know if there's a yeah. good example of that or not. If I look at the averages and find somebody else around him, there's literally nobody else around him. Cruz had a 250, but he was 375 on base. And then Santana's 226 and 322. So even that, when you see 226, you say, but what's your on base? 322. I could see... Both of those need to come up one way or another. Yeah. Those numbers need yeah. to come up from three. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. So anyway, all of that, just to circle around to Jack Jack. I mean, this is what the center of this is. It just kills me to, to see people with any kind of, I mean, he's our best hitter. And that yeah. seems crazy because it's in streaks. Big picture. He's our best hitter. He still has a lot to work on. Mm -hmm. I feel like uh, big moments. He's, I I just don't feel good about it. Right? Yeah. I feel like if if you're winning by a lot or you're losing by a lot, there's not a lot that Jack's gonna do. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> it's just that like middle ground. But I those high leverage situations, I think that that he's being overmatched. Uh, and I don't know if he's being more aggressive during those times, and maybe those are where his chases come from. I'm not really sure, but. I don't have those numbers in front of me, but I know that like, and maybe I'm completely off base, but I feel like that's an issue. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. an issue with a lot of our guys. Uh, we had that conversation about, about him and Connor Joe not coming through right before key Brian gets up with the bases loaded and, and, uh, and two outs. And 
Key Brian's one of those guys where like, hey, listen, if you're going to hit like this, if this is going to be who you are, at least come through when it matters. <laughs> like those are the kind of, yeah. if, you, if you're going to be a 230 hitter, just come through when it matters and, and we'll be okay with the 230 because of your defense. Right. We'll be okay with the, you know, I mean, at this point, you're hoping he gets to 10 home runs. Yeah. Uh, I think that he had a lot of bad luck as we move on to Key Brian Hayes. I think that the bad luck has gotten to him. He's, like I said, he's not, you know, taking the same approach. Um, and I feel like it's it's a little bit of a struggle for him. He had a few hits today, Thursday, right? Well, not today, but yesterday. No, I mean, Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday, Sorry. yeah. Um, I think he did, yeah. I don't have it. I do have it here. Uh, he had, yeah, two for five. Two for five, yeah. Yeah, and he had the triple, which was a big hit. Um, I don't. It, it's still there for me. It's still there for me. He, he just, it has to start clicking. It, this goes back to last year's May, April and May, Mitch Keller. Okay? What I'm saying is, I'm not going to sit here and hang my hat. I was hanging my hat on you, Key. I said he's doing all the right things. And I said he will be back. I'm not giving up on him. But I'm just not no. going to sit here and dwell on it right now. Until the results come, I'm done with it. He's still worth his money. He's not getting paid that yeah, much. Absolutely. I'm so tired of seeing, well, we pay him all that money. He's not getting that much. He's not getting that much money. $10 million is where that thing tops out at. A, a, a gold glove defense is almost worth $10 million. Yeah. I mean, get me an 80 WRC plus and you've, you're worth it. You literally, like, that's it. Because of how good yeah. the defense is. Anyway, there are no more positional uh, uh, identi identities. It, they don't exist. When shortstops yeah. can hit 40 home runs in baseball, positional identities are gone. Shortstops are supposed to be slick fielders who don't make errors, who make diving plays, who steal bases when they get on, but they usually are three to 10 home runs, tops. That all changed. That yep. doesn't exist anymore. So when you tell me a corner position should hit for power... I, it just doesn't compute. That what you're telling me then is every single position on the field should hit for power, and I, that's just not how. You, that's not how you. I mean, you can build a team that way, sure, but that's yeah. not. That's not realistic. Or maybe you end up like San Diego. I don't know. Right. Yep. I don't know. All right. So let's move on to a pitcher here and and kind of move into to wrapping this up because this seems like this is a Mitch Keller podcast from here on out. Uh, we never go an episode without talking about him. So we're just going to change this to uh, Mitch to Bucktober or something like that. I'm just kidding. Uh, regardless of what you'll hear from Greg Brown and everything else, this was the start that he could have had his last start. Six runs or six innings, four runs instead of six innings, six runs that he had the last time out, which means to me that this was back-to-back -back, starts for Mitch. Yeah. He gave up a little more hits this time, um, and they didn't send him out to the seventh inning, which was the right decision. He still only walked one, which the other... Uh, remember, if you remember his last start, he would have only walked one through six. He walked somebody to lead off the seventh and gave up a home run to make the six. So you would have had that, that one, right? That one yeah. uh, walk gone. In the last start. So you would add back-to-back -back starts with one walk through six and eight strikeouts. He's had eight strikeouts, at least eight strikeouts a game. Every single start since uh, April 27th. 
when he struck out 10 against the Dodgers in six. And then it was 8-8-13-8-8-8. Mitch Keller's great. Yeah. And back-to-back four-run outings, six, four, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Um, I think this is a this is a rough patch. Guess what? He won both games. The Pirates won both games. This yeah. is the sort of thing that is so important. And how do you have two outings that you're not really happy with? They're not quality starts, right? You're mm-hmm. talking about a quality start in one, two, three. Uh, that one start was five innings. He only gave up one earned run, but it was five runs against Tampa but it was only one earned, but that was, so he had one, two, three, three straight quality starts. And before that it was one, two, three, four, five straight quality starts. So this is a rough patch. He's got to clean it up. But in the meantime, we've won both games and a team who only won eight games in the month that he did it. So, well, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like they're bailing him out. They are. And that's a good thing. That's what you want to happen. I, I just keep going back to all these things that are ace-worthy. Yeah. He's right there. And we're at the end of May, and he now has seven wins. Ridiculous. Which, whether you care or not about wins. Yep. We didn't have anybody reach seven wins last year. Yeah. So. And we're in May. Like, we're two we're, months we're the, in. Yep. Yeah, we're at the end of May. Like. I can't say enough good about Mitch, and I have I have no doubts he's going to bounce back. You know, a couple a little rough patch. It, it happens to everybody, almost everybody. I mean, if you win the Cy Young Award, it probably didn't happen. I don't. I mean, you still got a full season. It could. No. Yeah. I mean, you're right, you're not wrong. I mean, Zach Allen, we we crushed that dude. George Kirby. George Kirby. Both of their next outings were great. Kirby yes. just went eight innings, no runs. Oh, he didn't pitch. I fell asleep. He he didn't get. The, he didn't pitch the ninth. He did, I don't think. I no. was watching that game. I don't think he pitched the ninth. Because he was at he was at like eighty eight or ninety pitches. Oh, really? After, Maybe he yeah. did. Maybe I missed that. They 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 won on a walk off. Uh, I think it was Suarez led off with a double and then whatever. Don't care. It's the Mariners. But um, it was a good game. It was a real good game. Cal Raleigh came through. Is that that one? That's who it was. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but. so. Uh yeah, Mitch Keller's very important is basically yeah. what we're saying. And yeah. uh I just I just was kind of there to say, you know, still not a great outing. Um and still got the job done. I think wins in general, when you look back at a year, by the way, just to go off that one real quick. I like conversation. Mm-hmm. When you yeah. look back and you say this guy was 7 and 1 with a blah 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 blah. I think in that scenario, I care less about wins. When I'm just looking at how Mitch Keller's doing, I care a little bit less about wins. When you tell me Mitch Keller is 7-1, and one, in the context of a full-team Pittsburgh Pirates podcast, that is important. Yeah. Because you need pitchers to go out there and, and you need teams who can get that pitcher. And, like, when that guy's on the mound, you want to win games. I've said that a few times about Keller. When he pitches, you have to win. Yeah. And... You know, for the most part, we've been doing that. And I think that that's important. That's important for the success, for the success of the team. For him, for any pitcher to say, I want to win this game. Now, hindsight, 
you say, I pitched well enough to win this game, right? Yeah. And so I think that that's sort of one of those things where, um, you know, Mitch doesn't have any of those losses. Like he, he had the, his, his only loss was that one in Tampa where he only gave up one earned run, but he still gave up five runs just because of an error. It doesn't mean that it's like, oh, he's completely off the hook. Like he pitched well enough. Like, no, he still, I mean, gave up five runs. Sure. If the error didn't happen, but that's four unearned runs. You'd have to make four errors in order for me to say, well, he would have gotten out of it, but it's likely one error with two outs. And then he gives up three more hits. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like if he just doesn't give up the three more hits, it's different. Right. So not that, you know, not that I think they should change the stat by any stretch, but it's just the idea to say like, you know, that's been his only loss. He hasn't had a loss yet where he was like, I was dealing. I went seven innings and got two runs and my offense didn't help me out. That hasn't happened yet. Right. And Mitch Keller's been there, unless it's happened in one of his no decisions, obviously, but Mitch Keller's been there, their guy, that the, the team has said, we have to win these games. That's when I think wins and losses are important. If you need a guy to step up, if you score your four runs on offense, and that guy gets you the win because he kept him under that, then that's yeah. worth it. That's worth something. It's just like when you say, does this guy deserve a Cy Young? I don't even care what his win-loss record is. Um, it's not even in the conversation. If you tell it to me, I will ignore it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It just doesn't matter. There is something to be said about like getting to 20 wins yes, that will support 100%. the rest of the numbers, where if you have a bunch of low numbers and you got to 12 wins... I don't care that that number doesn't, it's not going to put somebody It's like, well, the other guy has similar numbers, but got to 20 wins. No, no, no. I don't care because this guy pitching on that team might add 21. Right. So I don't care about that. What it means is like, if you've got two guys that are, that are really close and both of them played on really good teams and one of them maybe has a couple more wins, I might give a nudge to him because they have to be on equally good teams. They just have yeah. to be in order yeah. for me to even consider that. And they have to be really close. It, it can support numbers more than it can define anything for me. Uh, but when Fair. you're talking about a team, I really do still like the win. I like to see pitchers who can go out and get wins, especially in a month where you had eight wins. Uh, Mitch Keller had four of them. Yeah, that's you have 13 guys on your pitching staff he had half of the wins credited to him, then I say that's worth talking about. So yeah, that's all. That's my win loss thing. Um, That's all I really had as far as like the players that we wanted to talk about. And we're, you know, we're pretty good on time right now. Did you have anybody else that you were, that you were wanting to bring up? Uh, I'm not really prepared to get into like Rodolfo Castro's numbers, which are look them up. If you're, if you're not paying attention, it's, He's doing some really cool things. Um, I just wish so, we could get that that uh, left-handed at bats more productive. Yeah, the other guy, the only other guy I think is significant to bring up is is Bednar. He hasn't been in a safe situation in how long. He comes out in a safe situation. Dude's still a linebacker. He's still gonna go out there and he's gonna eat you up. Just boom, boom, two strikeouts and then the fly out to close out the game on what was that uh, Tuesday night. Or Tuesday during the day, yeah, I think it was. It's just, I mean, it, we just haven't had to see him out there in a while under pressure, and it was just it was a breath of fresh air to see him out there in a pressure situation, and he just 
it was Wednesday night. Door. Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Just gonna slam the door shut and we'll, we'll be done. Yeah, and uh, you know if you've if you've been in a position where you've doubted Holderman, you can stop now. Mm-hmm. You can just you can do that breath. You can you can sigh. Okay, maybe I was wrong about him. We might have a one-two punch at the end already that that is that is playoff ready. Yeah, uh, it's ridiculous. Absolutely, I'm I'm with it. And and with Moretta being the guy that gets the starter out of the jam, he's kind of really three pieces, he's laying into that role. Those three pieces are just as good as anyone in the game. Man, I really like what Moretta brings to the table this year, and. He just I don't want to I don't want to say keep saying the word bail out, but he gets he gets you out of that inning that the starter just couldn't get through. And it's he's he's allowed one, I think, one or two inherited runners to score this year. I'm looking for it right now. I think we've talked about this before and yeah, we have. And it's been um it's been a specialty here. Mm-hmm. He's had 18 inherited runners this season so far, and yeah, one of them has scored. That's impressive. <laughs> it really is. You're talking about a six percent score. Like that is a special. Like he's n- he's not going to be a back end guy because he's so good at this, and right. he's done it with. Uh, I I said it before. Like not great control, but still is able to get it done and he's not blowing it by people. He's throwing a lot of off-speed stuff in the process. His slider is unreal. He's he's got good stuff. He's been uh I was actually I I looked back at our episodes uh where we were doing some projections and uh boy, if we would have paid attention to inherited runners, you probably would have been on the head because you said he wouldn't get called up till late, but that he would be a team leader in ERA. No, you said that. You said team leader in ERA. And right now, it's Bednar. Oh, and Johan Ramirez. And then it's Dowry Moretta. Still, all three of those guys under two. Johan Ramirez. Yeah, that's surprising, actually. Okay. (laughs) We we see you, I guess, now. All right, so I'm going to look up uh, Johan Ramirez's advanced uh, relief pitching stats here just to see where he sits in the inherited runner department. Um, he's inherited three runners. None of them have scored. That's only three, though. Right. So, all right. Yeah. It's not all bad, guys. No. It's not all bad. This is still... Um, still Figuring out some things. Like to see Cody Bolton start to turn some things around. Yeah, Hernandez. Okay. Anyway, let's move on here. Cardinals are coming to town for the weekend. We don't know who their pitchers are for Saturday and Sunday yet. Um, It might not matter because they haven't been pitching well. Uh, We do have Flaherty coming Friday night. Rowanzi's return to the rotation. So we do have that matchup. I believe it's the first bobblehead night, or is that Saturday? I would imagine it's Saturday. Okay. Friday's probably fireworks. Anyway, Sunday we got the 11.35 Peacock-only game. I don't have a boo button. I guess I have... <laughs> well, I guess that works. Uh, I need like a boo. We've got the clapping. <laughs> I need a boo. Um, yeah. 
we do have um, June is kind of our month. If you're one of those people that are ticked off about the Peacock and Apple TV stuff, June's your month to be ticked off. The last three Friday night games against Milwaukee, Miami, and Milwaukee will all be on Apple TV. Uh, we've got the Peacock game here on Sunday, and we got one more in like late July. It's a Peacock only game, but at least we're kind of getting all those out of Apple TV ones out of the way. Maybe if you have something laying around where you can get like a free month of Apple TV, you could watch those three games. I wouldn't pay for it though. Uh, there's no reason they need your money. Uh, this we'll, crap we'll, show we'll that MLB's doing with the with the yeah. exclusive stuff is it's the opposite of fixing blackouts. Let's just say that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it's obviously not helping more money going to the players. So, you know, whatever. Uh Cardinals <laughs> Cardinals are seven and three. Uh, they're not seven and three in their last ten. We just looked at that. They are five, five and five. five in their last ten. I, I looked this up the other day, so um, did they like lose their last couple games or? Yeah. No, they won their last one, but they must have lost the two before that. So I don't know where I got the. Maybe I just looked at Cincinnati and saw the seven and three. Anyway, um, yeah, they just won a game. They must have won it by a lot because I, I had their run differential at negative one and it's now plus seven. So this is what <laughs> you get for taking notes early. This is what you get for taking notes early. Yeah. Ortiz goes Saturday. More. Yeah, procrastinate more. Ortiz goes <laughs> Saturday, and Rich Hill goes Sunday. Um, I think the Cardinals are are this weird team right now. I don't know who they are. Uh, I do know they're, that the Pirates coming off of a series win. I think they're going to be able to mentally put May behind them. I call for a series dub here. I think we win back to back series because I'm crazy like that. And I think it would be <laughs> ironic that we would do it in a series that Keller is not pitching. Yeah. I, I think, like it. I mean, yeah, I think this is the chance to clean your slate, you know, start a new month. McCutcheon and, and, and Reynolds, win. well documented mm-hmm. with it, what they can do in June. Yep. So I like yeah, it. I, yeah, I do too. And we've been playing against the Cardinals really well this year so far. So in the division right now, uh, we're the we're the top team in the division. Like as far as like playing teams in our division, the Pirates are right. seven and four against our division. The Brewers are five and four. Reds are eight and eight. Cardinals are nine and eight, and Cubs are three and eight. So we got that going for us, I guess. Yeah. Hopefully they throw a couple lefties because we continue to hit lefties well and play lefties well and win more games against lefties than we do. Then we lose. It's been the opposite on on with righties. So yeah. All right, guys, have a great weekend. Uh, hopefully, we can get a series dub against the Cardinals. Not let those guys creep any closer to us. Um, and and maybe write the write the ship here in June. Yep. All right, guys, have a good weekend. Let's go, Bucks. Let's go, Bucks. Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridged Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two of October. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannonball coming, and let's go, Bucks! <laughs>